All right. So this is this is Emma and my first attempt at a podcast. Great. <laughs> right. We'll see if we can keep ourselves under control for the duration. <laughs> um. So Emma, let's start. What's what's going on with you? Okay. Um. I got a fight coming up in like three weeks on the first of March. Um. Which is good. That's the only thing on the horizon at the moment. I had like a real quiet period. The well, a long time. It's been like six, uh, it will have been six months, right? Yeah, like a real long time. Um, and now a couple of friends have just come back, so I've got like two sparring partners now, which is amazing because I spent like six months having zero sparring partners right. and being really bored with my training and getting really fed up. And now I have some sparring partners and a fight coming up, so it's looking up for the moment. Um, I think that on the way to my fight in Huahin, I saw a sign for where your fight is. Is it down on that side of the coast? I think so. <laughs> I'm not very good at this. You've been yeah, here so many times. <laughs> I know. I never pay attention. But, um, it's Ratchbury, yeah. So it's, I think it's on, on that way. Okay. And who's yeah. cornering for you? It's going to be cruising? Um, yeah, I think so. I was actually talking to Masatori's brother today, P.O., and he was like, who's going with you? I'll come with you. Um, so, at least it'll be him. Cruising, I'm sure, will be there. He comes every time. Right. So, I think it's not... Normally when we go down there, it's like a team thing, like a bunch of us fight. Um, we don't really have much of a team at the moment. We have this one guy from Holland. Um, I kind of embarrassed myself because I had to take a photo of him to send to the promoter. And I was like, have you fought before? He was like... Yeah, like 46 times. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently he's going to be fighting too. Nice. Uh, yeah. But it's a good venue. They really take care of us. Um, they're real nice people. And they give us good opponents. So it's cool. Yeah, you've had a really, really good track record with your opponents there. Are you? Do you have any idea who you're facing? Or it's just one of these, like, you show up and... Mm, I don't know. Last The first two times I fought the same girl. Um, the last time... It was some girl I'd never heard of who wasn't from the university. The first girl was one of the students there because they have a Muay Thai college there. Right. Um, apparently, they don't have many girls my size, which surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, but the the I don't know what his position is. Some doctor guy. He's some kind of director there, but he apparently loves me. So <laughs> when I was fighting, I was fighting a one of his girls the first two times, and he was like betting on me to win, so that was nice, <laughs> but Marta Tully called him up and was like, you have to give her a good opponent, so nice. hopefully it'll be good, it's always a really good show there, so. Yeah, um, so I'm, I'm, I fought on Friday, um, and I'm going to be fighting, I guess, this Friday and Saturday, um, I have this cut, so we'll see uh, if, it, if it reopens on Friday, um, hopefully I can still fight on Saturday, I don't know. Um, who are you fighting on Friday Friday and Saturday? Friday is John Kwan, who I fought yep. in Karat once. Um, but this is up in Mahasarakam in Asan. Um, mm -hmm. And I was actually supposed to rematch her pretty quickly after the first time we fought, but she like broke her hand in some kind of motorbike accident. Um, which I was such a jerk. I was telling Kevin, like, oh, there's no way she broke her hand because she's fighting me again uh, so quickly and she's fought prior to this, like, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, so it only takes like six weeks to, <laughs> to heal the broken bone. I was like, oh, oh, I just clearly don't know anything about that. Um, but so I'm excited to fight her again because she's actually a really good opponent. Um, just you, you messed up your hand and just kept fighting. <laughs> if you don't say it's broken, <laughs> then it's fine. 
Um, and then on Saturday is supposed to be uh, Petsy Nern, who I've fought before. Um, right. It'll be in Sarah Burry, but I fought her before in Karat. Um, but you know what? I've I've actually been told I'm going to fight her again, and when I go, it's never her. So <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Like, I'm like, I'll see when we get there, kind of thing. Um, That's all the case. How was your fight in Huahin last week? <sighs> it was it was good. I like fighting in Huahin. I like that promoter. I like that gym, or well, the stadium. Yeah. Um, it was a little bit of a stress point for me because one of the reasons that I moved to Thailand to be a fighter is that I was just really sick of the like East Coast bullshit, um, mm -hmm. which is not particularly East Coast, that's just where I lived. <laughs> so okay. It happens everywhere. Um, but this happened to be another American, um, so I was not excited to reintroduce all of the bullshit that comes with fighting those people. Um, yeah. But it was kind of a situation where it was like, you know, I don't really say no to fights, I don't, I don't really want to also be in the position of like, no, I won't fight you. Um, I thought it was a really terrible matchup, um, and I actually contacted her yeah. husband and was like, do you know that you're fighting me? Because I think this is not, maybe not uh, the best matchup, and um, he was like, oh no, she really just wants to fight, it's, it's no problem, blah, blah, blah. And, and uh, because of her height, she's insanely tall, yeah. uh, it, it ended up being more of a difficult fight for me than I had anticipated, so... Um, definitely throw that out there that I was like I'm just gonna you know this is not a good fight for me but it ended up being much harder than I thought um but you know it was it was not my easiest fight and it was definitely not my hardest fight um and all of that shit <laughs> that I thought was gonna come from fighting uh another east coast girl definitely came um but because I'm not really in that pool anymore I haven't seen it so much you don't have to deal with it people have been screenshotting it and sending it to me as oh, if really? to get. um great so that is what it is, but at the end of the day, um, I am still doing what I love to do, and it just goes down the stream. Like, I'm at the well, next fight, so. Yeah. 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 Well, yeah, it seemed like a really bad matchup, like, because you have literally ten times more experience than her. Yeah, more, I think. <laughs> more than that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was funny it didn't, it didn't end up being, well, end up how you thought it would, because... I didn't even realize she was that tall. When I watched the video, I was like, whoa. Kevin, when we got there, I saw her, and I was like, fuck, she's tall. And Kevin was like, she's not that tall, she's just skinny, so she looks really tall. And I'm like, no, she's tall. Like, she's she's the same height, if not taller, than her husband. And he's like, oh, no, well, he's not very tall. When we got in the ring, he's like, fuck, she's tall. Like, she's, like, taller than the ref. Um, How did that feel in the clinch? It's, I mean, I clinch with tall guys at my gym, so, so thank God for that I had um, experience with those angles, but it just, it makes everything, like, um, things that, that normally would work just simply don't, um, and she actually has pretty good clinch resistance, um, but uh, it's, it's one of these things where, like, because she fights at a really low weight, she didn't, she didn't make weight for this fight, so I have no idea what she actually, maybe like 112 or something, um, but... Uh, because she fights at, like, 105 or something, she's just always, like, crazy towering over her opponents. Um, right. And just having that kind of physical advantage of, of that height, um, I was like, that's crazy. But at the same time, I have a physical advantage of being really strong for my size. And, like, I can't, I can't like, feel bad about having that advantage. So yeah. it's not, like, her fault for, you know, for being insanely tall for that weight. Um, 
But it's a, Do we know how long she's in Thailand for? I think she might be leaving very soon. I think they were here for like a month and, and they did that thing where they fight like right at the end of the trip. Oh, okay. yeah. Um, so I, I don't know if I can much longer. Yeah, something like that. Um, but Kate, who's at uh, at the Muay Thai guy thing at um, Tana, right? gym, she came and saw me today. Uh, we trained together this morning. And uh, I'm just so into her process of like coming out yeah. for this one month training camp and fighting twice in two weeks. And she's totally just like, she's a very cool girl. She's like totally on the ball. So as much as I like <laughs> get on my pedestal and tell people like you should plan on fighting more than once, blah, blah, blah. People who actually come and do that, like, and are able to do that, I get so excited because my yeah. other friend Kate came out and she kind of saved it for the end and her fight didn't end up happening and it made me yeah, really, really sad. Yeah, so disappointing. And you just, you can't control it, so. Yeah. It's rough. Yeah, and her, her opponent really want, well, her last opponent from MBK really wanted to rematch her. Um, I was talking to her about that, I think her name was Beck, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, from Australia, I believe, and uh, she said she contacted her for, she, like, tried a lot of different avenues to contact her and be like, we need to rematch. Right. And the promoter had requested that they rematch as well, but uh, she's going to be going home, like, on Sunday. Yeah, something so. like this. She, um, I guess she did get in touch with her because Kate was saying that part of the issue, I guess, is that Beck didn't realize it was a five-round fight. Oh, really? Um, the only reason Kate knew is because she had looked at the program and it, it said on there five rounds, which, you know, either you see the program or you don't. And I can mm. imagine in Beck's situation... You think you're done after three rounds, and you have two more. Uh, rounds. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a nightmare. Um, yeah, because that fight, you know, it was it was pretty fast paced. Yeah, yeah, from the go. So that makes sense now. Yeah, they went. They <laughs> she went. did really well in that fight. It was a great fight. I I haven't seen a lot of fights that were like that. You know, like crazy the entire way through, and they weren't just like flailing at each other. It was really like controlled and well done. Yeah, I can see why the promoter wanted them to rematch. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 So she said she'd rather like focus her the last few days of her trip on coming to train and stuff. And so she, she's been with you today, and she's gonna be at my gym on Friday. Yeah. So that's pretty. Sean is yeah. coming with her to your gym as well, right? Yes. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. I've never met him in person before. Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't know if it's just them or if they're bringing the whole crew or what. But yeah. Yeah. Be interesting. I'm excited for that. Um. So let's talk a little bit about uh what's going on in female Muay Thai. Uh, okay. Uh, so, um, I got to see this four-woman, one-round KO tournament. Yeah, I really wanted to see that. Um, so you explain what, what this tournament was, because you actually had a better info on it than I did. Well, and that's still very little, but what it appeared to be was it's a tournament where every every stage of it you fight for one round right <laughs> um i think they did this before at lumpini you remember that thing they did at lumpini where the women were fighting in the car park yes yeah i think that's what that was too really it was yeah the poster said like one round knockout elimination tournament tournament uh, something like that <laughs> um huh yeah um i only know about it because uh peach was refereeing and she was posting about it yeah. Um, and uh, Darina was there, so I was I was kind of texting her while she was there, and she said that, um, yeah, it was one round each, so everybody just came out guns blazing and was just going for it. She said it wasn't really Muay Thai, but <laughs> I hope there's video of it so we can actually see it.
again. I watched it streaming because apparently I don't get Channel 3 SD. There are like two or three Channel 3s here. Um, so I get Channel 3 HD. The Channel SD isn't on my TV. Um, so I watched it online and unfortunately in the streaming it would like get caught. And in mm -hmm. a one round fight you can miss like the entire thing. fight. So there were a couple of fights that I didn't really understand because it, you know, like froze up and then started. Um, the men, I have no idea whether they weighed in because their sizes were incredible. Um, really? But I, uh, I don't know. I assume that they're gathered from some kind of pool of of similarly sized people. Um, hmm. But so the the tournament was Chomini, who won Muay Thai Angels. Um, mm -hmm. Teresa Wintermere, who's been in Thailand forever and uh, has very high number of fights here. She's from Sweden. Um, then the woman from Germany is Dilara Yildiz. Is that right? Yep, it's the one, yeah. And then um, Miriam Sabat from uh, Hong Tong Gym up north. Um, and she's yep. Italian, I think, yeah? I don't know. <laughs> I she is. I think Moi Farang did something with her. But so they had... They had the like female tournament within the larger one round <laughs> one round fight KO bigger tournament. Um, but so the first one was Miriam versus Chomini and I've seen Chomini fight quite a few times, only ever on TV. She looks like one of the most frustrating people to fight. I love watching her fight. She's incredible. Yeah. Emma, she was doing this weird thing that I've never seen before. Where, like, I just learned this thing from Berklerk where you kind of, like, do this step back thing to, like, get out of the way. She was doing that forward, which looked like a herky-jerky dance or something. <laughs> like, she's, like, cross-country skiing or something. But she'd use it to cover space, and then she ends up in her correct stance again in order to land her power kick rather than doing, like, a switch step okay. on her left side. It was, like... If I could figure out fully how she was doing it, I would have stolen it by now, but I can't even fully figure out what yeah. she's doing. It was so cool. And uh, she just she just kicks and kicks and kicks. Like, yeah. so frustrating and so many points scored that, like, yeah, I love <laughs> And so Kevin and I were kind of like, she's so amazing, we love watching her, but I wonder if her kicks have any power um, mm. because, of, because of the way that she throws them is just kind of from, from every angle. And then yeah. um, the computer froze, unfortunately, during the final with her and Teresa. Uh. So we didn't actually see what happened until the replay. But in the replay, she her foot catches Teresa right in the liver. And so there's oh. that delay. And then Teresa goes down, and we're like, there is some other yeah. That, that looked very painful. Um, but it's, it's interesting because um, Teresa, being a um, clinch fighter, in a one-round mm -hmm. fight, it's not great to be a clinch fighter. Like she did good in her first in her first um, round with uh, Delara, but when she fought against Chomini, who's so like all over the place anyway, you just don't have time to like progress with your yeah. and kind of wear into it. So it well, it's like how you you say you don't do very well in three round fights. Yeah, I mean, imagine if you only had one round. Yeah, one like one round. What are you gonna do? Like unless you like really lock someone in like. I mean, I'm not a clinch fighter, but I've been through entire fights and got to the end of it and been like, but how, it's over? Like, I didn't do anything, you know? Exactly, and there are fighters like Loma, who's an incredibly good fighter, and there are like six points scored in the entire fight, but they're all hers. <laughs> you know? yeah, so it's yeah. like, how do you, 
how do you catch up with that? So Chomini, incredible. Um, she seems really unstoppable. And she seems small for the tournament. She seems smaller than everyone else. Um, well, wait, wait, did that happen at? I don't know. Like, I know that Teresa can do 57, but mm-hmm. drop to 54 for, like, her titles. Um, okay. So I'm, I'm guessing it was somewhere between 54 and 57, which I think that Chomini is, is around 54. Um, so maybe she just looks small or something. I don't know. I thought I thought Chomini was like fifty-seven. What what that first Muay Thai Angels tournament? What weight was that at? That I think was at fifty-seven, but she was small for yeah. that one. But then, okay. to be fair, when they put the weights up on the screen, it's like they just picked numbers out of a hat. Like I don't think yeah. that that's what people weighed in at. So I may be totally off on on what she weighs, but she looks she looks small. Yeah. Well, speaking of Muay Thai Angels, they're supposed to be coming back this year, and we don't know when they're having a show, but they keep talking about it. And I've been I've been talking to the managing director, and he just keeps telling me soon, soon. <laughs> uh, so I don't think they know when it's going to be. Do but I'm excited for them to come back with something this year. Do you think they'll they'll keep the structure and make it a tournament, or? Um, I don't know. I actually preferred the second show they did when it was kind of more diverse. Yeah. Um. So, I'd like to see that. Yeah, they seem to, in the second show, they introduced more weight classes. Uh, yeah. Which was interesting. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I don't know, because their last show was like a year ago now, right? I think they happened on Muay Thai Day last year. And I mean, that first show, there was a lot of money in it. I mean, didn't wasn't the prize like a million baht? That was for the tournament. Yeah. Which is um, the first season, but they, it carried over, so... Yeah, so I'm just kind of thinking, do they have any money left? Is that what happens? You know, <laughs> did they kind of run out of steam? So can they afford to do that kind of big show? I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm excited for them to come back with something. Um, and then I think you had more information than I do about um, Sophia fighting Tananchinok up in the north. Um, they actually... I think it was Santai that po- posted something today. I didn't. I didn't get a chance to fully read it, but they posted a little breakdown of the fight and how it went. I'll have to take another look at that. Um, but they were saying that one of the judges thought that she could have won it, but um, Sophia also posted on her Facebook that um, she she felt like she hadn't prepared enough, mm. and this fight was kind of a reality check for her. I think I think she was kind of coming off a winning streak, and it seemed like it seemed like she was saying that. She kind of underestimated this this, this fight, yeah. and, but they're going to rematch in March in Ayutthaya, apparently. So oh. maybe not for a title, but they are going to rematch. I don't know if the belt is going to be on it, but maybe that's for the other Muay Thai day, the original Muay Thai yeah. day, <laughs> and the White White Crew day. <laughs> um, and do you know what? Did they weigh in for this, or was there a weight on the belt or anything? Because it's kind of an interim; like nobody knows what belt this is. Uh, I believe they did. Um, I don't know what weight it was at because I know Santai posted that um, Tananchinok had had won the belt at like two different weights or something. Mm. But I don't know what that is. That's not very useful. I know. <laughs> I'll have to double check. <laughs> and this is how you follow female Muay Thai: is that none of the but information. But Sophia normally fights at like fifty-one kilos, yeah. right? Yeah. Um. And she just started her blog, right? Yeah, she put up a first post today, just kind of, she talked about how she was here a couple of years ago and how she went back home and um, was working her ass off to come back here and how, you know, a lot of people, they they come out here and then they go back home and they're like, well, 
this sucks. I think I'm going to go back to Thailand. And uh, now she's back here. Well, she's she's sponsored, so I don't think there's really a time limit. I think it's for as long as she can be out here. And she, you know, she said her goal is to to become a world champion. So, yeah, it's it's nice to hear a little bit more from her. Yeah, she's so active, fight wise. But I've never, you know, never heard her voice really, apart from that one interview that um, Don Heatrick did with her. Yeah. So it's nice to hear a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. It's it's good too to have someone who's um, you know, present up in the north to kind of connect because you know we're kind of down here, uh, yeah. And there's so much going on in Chiang Mai in terms of female Muay Thai. It's really nice to have someone up there following that. So, yeah. I mean, you're up there now and then, but <laughs> I can't follow it. Though. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully she'll be able to give us some more information on that. All right. So I'm gonna stop this real quick so that we can. Make sure we have the segments. So, you uh, were training a little bit with the Pormong Pet Gym, which has some female fighters right before they went on like a fighting spree. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I went down there for one one training session, um, which was in the morning. Um, Namtan and another small girl called Rungnapa, who you fought a few times, was there. Um, but they don't really train in the morning. Um, they, they were there, they kind of, they ran for like 15 minutes, did some bicep curls and then left, which is a shame because I really wanted to spar with them. But they did say they were going on this big week trip to fight in Sisuke and Ubon Ratchitani. They invited me to go with them, but I couldn't go because I work. Yeah. Um, so they first stopped in, in Sisuke, I think, and then Namtan fought, I don't know who she fought though, do you know who it was? Uh, I have more Siam. Mm, okay. Um, so... It's almost on the 31st of January. So Namdan fought uh, Nongnat Roro Gila Panbury. I don't know okay. who that is. So Panbury Sports School. Yeah. Um, I've heard... She lost that one, right? I've heard of a Nongnat, but it can't be the same one. It's the, wrong, it's the different area, so it's just the same name. Um, but there, there was an interesting update on that one. They um, yeah. appeared to have blamed her loss on her period, yeah? Yeah, well, um, the trainer, Kru Chai, he, he posts in English, um, but his his update was, um, Namtan lose because of blood lady. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so nefarious. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got it. But <laughs> um, yeah, I think she lost on points, and then... Gelda and Rungnapal both won. And then they went from there to Ubon Ratchitani. And I don't think Namtan fought in that one. I didn't hear any update from that. Mm. Maybe because Blood Lady, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gelda won by KO, apparently. Nice. And Rungnapal lost on points. I think that a guy at my gym uh, who's from Udon was asking me all these really bizarre questions about how many times I had fought and beat Gauda and was it true that she had beat me and I'm like yeah. Um, yeah and it took me forever to realize he was asking me because he was going to call someone and place a bet and he wanted to know whether oh. he could bet on her or not because she was fighting someone who was incredibly tall I guess see, but okay. it's only like 44 kilos but, but is really tall um, her name is like Nong Ai or something um, the only non I I know is like 51 kilos and she's down here. Yeah. So. 
<laughs> yeah, I don't know. Names names like that, like Nong O, Nong A, Nong I, those are like actually oh, their names, anyone. so they're so many of them. <laughs> yeah. And um, Marcella, who is um, training in Phuket, she looks like she's fighting for it. It looks like it's for a title. It does. They um, both have belts in the picture, right? Yeah, but then there's a, it's a really small picture, but there's a, li a little small, I think it was a WBC belt. You know, sometimes they put a, a belt on the poster just to to make it look more interesting. Right. But, um, yeah, it looks like it's a big fight. She's been getting some good, like, high-profile fights in the past year. Yeah, she's been doing really well. And she has a lot of fights. She's, I think she recently had a 50th Muay Thai fight. Mm. But she's fought in different styles, too, so she really has a lot of experience. Yeah. I heard about her um, through friends when I first came here, and she'd been active in Phuket at that time, and that was, like, four years ago, five yeah. years ago, so. Yeah. Yeah, she seems to be doing pretty well. It's always weird for me because it's it, it seems like we know most of the people at our, like, relative size, and then there'll mm -hmm. be someone who just comes out of nowhere. I'm like, where were you? Like, why do I not, <laughs> why do I not know? where you are um which actually brings me to something kevin and i have been talking about which is like where are the female bloggers right now like for a mm -hmm. while there there were quite a few of us and then some people have gone home and just kind of not been been blogging as much um but when i try to think of like what is the new wave that's come in to replace some of the fighters who have gone home because there's always a turnover i actually mm -hmm. don't know who like the newer people are who are here like the next wave i don't i'm not really aware of yeah, that is true. I mean, Melissa and Kelly have both kind of more or less stopped blogging. Mm -hmm. um, I know Melissa got a job and she's been really busy with that. Um, Kelly also has been really busy with work. Yeah. Um, and then Sophia's just started blogging, so let's see. Yeah, and Natasha went uh, home, and Gemma yeah. is kind of like, Gemma's been kind of refining her place which is difficult yeah. to vlog during, <laughs> even though it's really yeah. good material. <laughs> yeah. She just started posting again as well. I was just reading one of hers this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Natasha's actually setting up her own gym. She's been really busy with that. She's been posting stuff on Instagram about that. That's very cool. Yeah, I mean, it looks like they've, they've been doing private lessons and stuff, and they have a facility set up. It looks really good, so she seems to be doing pretty well. That's good. If that... If that allows itself people tend to be able to come back like with their gym or for their gym or something yeah exactly maybe that's what she's trying to set up yeah yeah um so that kind of dovetails a little bit into the like into the theme of this uh of this <laughs> podcast which is um a revisit of emma's epic controversial blog post about gym hoppers and gym loyalty um <sighs> and so <laughs> There have been a few questions about uh, whether you feel differently about this now that you're kind of experimenting with other gyms and maybe looking to change gyms and things like this. Um, and uh, so, Emma, I'll, I'll put it to you. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the first thing I should address is that what we haven't talked about is that, yeah, I am looking for new gyms or have been looking at new gyms. I mean now that like I said my situation's looking up and I've got sparring partners and fights on the horizon it's like it's it's okay right now but I've been quite aware for the last few months six months maybe more that um, I'm not really getting what I need out of my gym um, for various reasons 
um, but I'm not progressing, I'm not getting the fights or the training that I really need, so I've been thinking about moving on, and that's been really, really difficult. Mm. Um, the question of does it make me feel differently about the Jim Hopper thing that I posted is no, because that's not what I was talking about when I posted it. <laughs> and if there's one thing that I could redo, it's, it's make that a lot clearer when I wrote it. <laughs> it's because... <laughs> um, that the, a lot of the response to that post seemed to be, if you ever go to another gym, that's wrong, you yeah. know, which is obviously, I, I, I really tried to say, um, especially in, in the comments, because I got a lot of responses to it, that, you know, if, if you're not getting what you want from your gym, of course you should leave, right. you know, right. there's, you know, blind loyalty, there's like, there's no point in that, um, and I, I always said that. But um, of course, if I if I ever do move on, people are going to be like, "Ooh, hypocrite," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, no, I don't feel differently about it. Um, maybe I should write a revisit post oh. on that, but um, kind of an update because that was that was maybe two more than two years ago that I wrote it. But um, yeah, like I said, the 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 point of that post um, wasn't that you can't ever go to another gym and if you're with your gym you should stay there forever because yeah. that's done. Um, but if, you know, it, it goes both ways, you know. Mm. Um, and, I, and I was kind of talking about a specific kind of fire, not like just people who stay with one gym for a while and then go to another gym, you know. Um, it's more about um, looking out for yourself only instead of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Um, instead of kind of giving a bit back to your gym, yeah, you know? and especially in Thailand, like they're a lot more sensitive to that. Well, I mean, I I don't really, I guess I don't have anything to compare it to because I haven't trained so much in England. Mm. I never trained in America, but I got a big response to I got a big response from gyms there, yeah, like positive response who were like, yeah, we know what this is like. This sucks <laughs> when you put you put everything into a fighter and then they just go somewhere else. Yeah. Um, so maybe the difference isn't as big as I think it is between Thailand and and there. I think that I think that people kind of conflate. Um, they they see gym hoppers in your title, and they I think they're immediately offended by it. Yeah, and they kind of remember that you're talking about loyalty, but I think that they they don't fully put those pieces together. Um, mm. In that people who are coming to Thailand for um, two weeks a month, two months, something like this, it's a temporary bit of time. Like, you're not going to get super invested or become an investment for those gyms that you're training and fighting out of. So you're talking about a very temporary slice. It's like a summer romance. Yeah. Do you cheat on a summer romance? I don't know. Like, it's a, it's a super short, like, everyone knows what yeah. you're looking for. So people coming for a short duration of time and being able to go to different gyms completely makes sense, and that's not what you or other people are talking about. Um, and I think that's actually a good idea if you're coming here for a short amount of time to be able to sample different places because a lot of people just go to yeah. one place um, that like their school in the West is a feeder school for and then they end up being really unhappy and it's like you could have you could have had different experiences by by going somewhere else and I think that's really good. Um, but I think that in the in the long term, what you were talking about, the importance of really investing time and trust and vice versa with your gym is not always 
the best result because you may have uh, mismatched ideas about what that means. But if you never try it, if you're only ever kind of bouncing around, and, and I think a lot of people from the West come in and they try to like take techniques from each place as if they're like collecting playing cards or something. Like I learned the spinning elbow from this guy, and then I went and learned, uh, you know, uh, Pet Boon Chu's clinch and, and all these different things, and they want to train with San Chai. I think that, that those people conflating what they're doing in Thailand with what um, people who are like rooted in a gym, there are incredibly different dynamics going on in those two experiences. Um, yeah. And last night you and I both listened to um, Muay Thai Guy's podcast on the importance of gym hopping and how you can, you know, learn so much by sampling around and that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And the gym hopping he was talking about is not the same gym hopping I was talking no, about. No, no. And it's very, <laughs> I think it's very different in the West. I think in the West you can still get bit in the ass by um, going to different gyms, mm -hmm. but I think there, um, because it's so much more of a um, long-standing commercial enterprise, here it's commercial as well, but it's very newly commercial, so Thais don't fully understand how like yeah. how to divide those things. Um, I think that, that having a base gym and being able to kind of go get the things that you need at other gyms that he's talking about is good. I do that. You know, I've, yeah. I've recently gone over to Sor Me Gym to get more clinch training because there are fewer boys at my gym. And mm -hmm. um, Sor Me and my trainer grew up together, um, so they're friends. And I asked my trainer first whether it would be okay for me to go do that. And there's definite tension. <laughs> he was like, yes, but I can tell that he's not, like, super in on it. Yeah. Um, but I need it, so I go. And there's definitely, like you know, Sor Me is always asking me, like, so you're still training at Petrung Rung, right? Like, you're not, can we take you, like, over yeah. here? And there, it's like a, it's like a tightrope that can definitely go bad at any moment. Um, and so it's not the kind of thing that you can blindly suggest people do, you know? It's funny, actually, when I was at um, Paul Mung Pet and I was talking to, to Kru Chai <laughs> about you because um, we were talking about <laughs> Rungnapar and how, how many times you fought, and he was like, Oh, she trained at many gyms and like shaking his head, <laughs> like it, like it was bad. Yeah. So he does have this like one gym, one trainer thing that is his like ethic. Yeah, he was all about that. He spent a lot of time talking about um, culture and um, all of his shorts had one, one, one crew, one gym on them, and you know that's that's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was not okay with that, Sylvie. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, one one thing Sean was saying in his podcast was, you know, if if your trainer's going to stop you or limit you, you know, when you want to want to go and get sparring with this person in in that gym or something like that, then then you know maybe that's bad. And and yeah, like Master Toddy, for example, he's happy for me to go and train with you or to go somewhere and get what I need as long as I talk to him about it first, you know. And that's that's a different thing. Yeah, that's not gym hopping. Yeah, you know. <laughs> There's also but maybe I didn't do it. Obviously, obviously, I didn't do a very good job of explaining that. So. Yeah. I think I think it's just um, in in explaining it, even though it sounds very creepy, comparing it to romantic or family relationships um, oh, is, is really what you're talking about. You know, like there are 
there are situations in which it kind of works <laughs> to like yeah. to like have these you know you go out with your friends because your partner doesn't fulfill that part of it you need to like have this separate thing and there is a kind of like girls night out understanding kind of thing but you definitely like have limits for how well that relationship's going to work out if you're like running around all over the place. Yeah. Which includes yeah. what I do, so I have to be I have to be very aware of it. And that same thing happens with different trainers within the same gym. Mm-hmm. Like I I recently experienced that um and it was very awkward with because I've been with Cruising for a long time um and then this this other guy Dalmai came in who's quite a lot older than him maybe 18 years older than him and um, he's got a, like a very big personality and he has history with Master Tolly so he kind of came in and you know he kind of took over the place and it turns out he, he's an incredible teacher and I and I really I really got on well with him and he kind of in a time when nobody else was really giving me any attention and helping me progress he took me under his wing and started teaching me every day yeah. but I could see that Cruising did not like it at all <laughs> but at the same time it's like if you're not going to teach me, of course I'm going to let him do it, you know? And and there would be times when, uh, there was one specific time when um, I was doing some pad work with, with Daomai, and uh, we'd, we'd just finished and we were, were taking off our, our wraps and stuff, and uh, he was talking to me, kind of explaining what we'd just done and how you, I need to do this kind of movement in the future, and then Cruising came over and stopped in mid-sentence and was like, Emma, clinching now! I was like, okay, I realized that wasn't really directed at me. <laughs> it was more directed at him. Um, there was a lot of that tension within the gym, you know, and that, that's in the same gym, but two different trainers, so it goes that way too sometimes. Um, so you and I, I... I honestly like wouldn't even think that my karate is a form of cross training, but clearly it is. Um, you went and did this uh, strength training recently, so I did. Um, that came about because uh, this guy Jamal. I actually met him in Chiang Mai years ago. He was in that in the same Muay Thai gym I was with up there, and he was fighting there. Um, he retired a few years ago because of injuries, and then he moved down to to Bangkok, and he was training with Eminent Air. He still trains there now and then. Um, and then he became a qualified personal trainer and strength and conditioning coach and he's working at this, this gym called Aspire in Bangkok which is like a real big like CrossFit gym and he got in touch with me a couple of weeks ago and was like oh I'll give you a session um, so come down and try it so we did that and it was really really fun um, I got to play with some equipment that I never usually get to um, you know like battle ropes and all this kind of stuff that like I don't know how any of these things work I you know <laughs> like give me a barbell some dumbbells like I'm fine but all of this like fancy stuff I don't know what to do with it but it, it was really cool to have somebody teach me because I know I normally do all my conditioning on my own and I just kind of have to look things up and, and do it myself and teach myself um, so we, we're gonna start um, working together more often he's given me like a little plan to work on until the next time I see him um, and he also wants to set up uh, a strength and conditioning class specifically for Muay Thai fighters. But even more so, he, he kind of wants to make it for women only. Mm. So I think that would be interesting. So if anybody's interested in getting in with something like that, then let me know. Because uh, we want to put the feelers out for that. I think that would be cool. I feel like, I feel like you, more than I, um, understand kind of the correlation 
between um, like strength training and Muay Thai. Like, I don't. One, I don't really know how to do things, but two, I just can't be asked to like lift a lot of weights. Like, I have like very very small routines and things like that for my conditioning, but my conditioning is very like plyometric. But you do these. Did like, you just say I can't be asked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, just checking. Carry on. <laughs> I uh, I follow you and Kelly too much, um, but it's. I can see, like, when I watch you do it, when I saw the pictures of you doing, like, your jumps and the sled and things mm -hmm. like this, I'm like, that would be great for explosiveness, and, like, I can totally see yeah. it, but yeah. I'm like, uh, ab roller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was why it was really great to have, like, a specialist actually work with me on it, you know? Because, um, like I said, I normally have to do this kind of stuff on my own, like you, and you just kind of, oh, pull-ups and push-ups and squats and yeah. all that kind of thing. Um, but I don't, I mean, I try to make everything sports specific, um, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not a specialist. I'm just kind of doing what I think is good. You know, I do this kind of pull up cause I think it's good for clinching, you know, <laughs> but this is only my personal ass assessment. Um, but that session with him, I made me feel like an infant. I felt <laughs> so weak and I was so sore for like four days afterwards. Um, that sled in particular. I don't know what you really, the real name for it is. This is how much that I know. That sled that you have to the push along. Um, uh, he was like, I really shouldn't be able to, to walk faster than you can push this. And I'm like, <laughs> well, that's how it's going to be. <laughs> like, by the end of it, I was just, I was dying. But it was really, really cool. I'm looking forward to making some more progress with that. Do you think that there, there are physical, uh, I mean, obviously there are physical benefits, but do you feel the physical benefits of doing something like that? Or do you feel like initially it's um, a, a mental thing to be able to like come out of Muay Thai that you do every day and kind of work on something else that you then kind of come back anew? Um, I think it's both. I mean, in the last few months I got, I got into strength and conditioning a lot more on my own for that reason because I was bored with my training. Um, and that's how I ended up running a half marathon and um, putting a lot more in, into my strength and conditioning work because I needed something else. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you, especially in, in clinching and stuff like that, like you can definitely feel power where you didn't feel it before. Mm. I mean, it could be all in my head, but you know, <laughs> that's still good, you know. Still <laughs> feel. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so I'm gonna check this again, and we'll start it again. Okay. All right, it's going. Okay, so we we asked people to send us a few questions because uh, this is new territory for us. We want to <laughs> we don't really know what you guys want to hear, so we asked people to send us a few questions. And uh, I know you you got a few first, why don't you? Yeah. So the... one of the first questions we got um, was about <laughs> the status of our book. Yes. Which we just really have not committed. <laughs> so we have a skeleton of it. Yeah. So so that I think that's something that we're still. Uh, we have good um, sources for and we do have the skeleton for it and it's just something that we really need to like start yeah. together um, but we've definitely heard from enough people that this is something that they're interested in that it's it's actually probably a bigger idea now than it was when we first started yeah I mean we always knew that it was something we needed to do mm. but um, I think setting up the, the forum mm. and stuff like that has been really good for that because it's giving it's giving us a a better idea of what we need mm -hmm. to put in that so um yeah 
we're working on it. This is the year that we're gonna. It's gonna get be it our done. year, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we have a skeleton for it. We know we know roughly what it's gonna be, um, and I think the forum is helping us shape that a little yeah, more. For sure. We get a bit more input from the rest of the female Muay Thai community to know what they want to hear. So. Um, and then I had another question from the same person about um, this documentary that Mark, fortunately I don't know how to say his last name, I think it's Piocos or Picos, um, Mark is putting together from my vlogs um, and I watched a draft of it and it made me cry. <laughs> it's amazing. Really? It did because like uh, it's, it's not that long, I mean it's coming up on four years that we've been here but it covers from the first time I came to Thailand. Um, and the like, the like little nascent Sylvie that's like, I'm gonna go do this thing. <laughs> and it's like, it's kind of amazing to see that um, the the struggles that I had have just been washed down the line by the struggles yeah. that I have now, and they're actually incredibly similar. But I think it's hard for us to reflect in such a way to see all the ways in which you've already handled your shit <laughs> because you're always working on the next thing so it's like yeah. in training when you're having a really shit day and you're so tired and it's all these things um, to realize that you're so much stronger than you were three years ago is not really the kind of thought that like plugs into your brain um, but it's also really amazing to see because uh, I can see that there are more people who are starting that now like there are people who are making their first yeah. to Thailand and it's um, it's such an incredible life altering and sometimes life swallowing experiences <laughs> as you and I know. I really want to see this is that do we know how how this is gonna work? So it's been submitted to the Artemis Film Festival um, and it will Where be is that? I don't know. Um, okay. <laughs> it, it, I don't know if it's been accepted yet, but if it does okay. get accepted, then there will be options presented for um, how it will be released if you can't go to the film festival. So it may be streaming or it may be um, you know, on Amazon or um, a DVD or something like that. So, so Mark's not sure yet um, because it's still in such an early state. Um, yeah. But it's kind of amazing that there's going to be like a... Sylvie film in a in a film festival. <laughs> yeah, it's really amazing. That I shot, essentially. It's very weird. Yeah. I, I didn't even know he was working on that. He kind of just came out of nowhere. Yeah, he let me know, which was nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's good. I can't believe how much work he must have put into it, because I, I have, like, hundreds of vlogs, like a hundred-something vlogs. Yeah. He, like, went and, you know, put it together, so... That's pretty amazing. To listen to me talking for hours to put that all together is good. <laughs> um, and you had questions. Other questions. Oh, I had one from uh, from I had a couple from Melena. Um, the first one she asked um, in relation to me, um, gym hopping, as you might call it, <laughs> uh, looking for other gyms. She she wanted to know what specifically I was looking for. Mm. Um, for me. Uh, First of all, somewhere who, somewhere who, somewhere that trains in the mornings. I didn't realize in Thailand how hard that was to find a gym that really has good training in the mornings. It seems like everywhere else has kind of chills in the morning, does a little bit, and then has the the main session in the evening. Mm -hmm. But because I work in the evening, I can't do that. Um, so 
there's that. I need somewhere that's got committed sparring partners. Um, they don't need to be my size because they never have been. <laughs> but um, that's all. I mean, I think going in, into a gym, you normally you normally get the feeling when you walk in there whether it's going to work or or it isn't. Mm. And the the couple of gyms I've been to so far, I did not get a good feeling from. <laughs> um, this I went I went the first gym I went to was actually the gym that Two's training at. Uh, which is called MTM. It's in Tonglaw. It's a very new gym, um, and I, for me, it just really felt like they, they were not interested in a female fighter. Mm. Maybe that may not be the case, but that's the feeling that I got. Like, um, I don't know how, if you get it when you go to gyms, but uh, you, it's like they're like, you kind of get the feeling like, uh, so you think you're a fighter, <laughs> and they kind of want to test you, you know, and it's not, it's not. It's not a good feeling. No. <laughs> it kind of no. Um, so I sparred with uh, this guy. I don't remember his name. He's um, he he's got a belt at Max Muay Thai at the moment. Oh, I saw his fight. Yeah, I can't remember his name either. He's good. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, <laughs> but I had a really rough sparring session with him. Um, and and I enjoyed it, but I just knew it wasn't somewhere that I could train. Mm. Um, long term. Um, poor Mung Pet. Um, I had a really good feeling about that place before I went to it and I was really excited because they have so many girls and some of them are my size and they fight so often unfortunately I can't really get the training that I need there because they just don't train in the mornings but I might um, start going there on, on my days off clinching in the afternoons um, so we'll see how that goes um, I'm gonna head down to Eminent Air and train with Kelly soon um, probably next week because uh, Kate's coming to train with me on Friday so and I only get one day off a week so It'll have to be the following Friday. Melena mm. um, also asked me, um, this would be a question for both of us, she said, what made you risk all and come to Thailand? <laughs> she kind of, because she just came here for the first time. Yeah. Um, and she's in that space now where she just got home and she's like, how do I get back? <laughs> you know? And I told her, like, I, I'm with you on that. Like, yeah. I've been there. And she was like, oh, maybe it's because it's my first time. I was like, no, it doesn't matter how many times you come here. You're always going to feel that way when you go home. Yeah. You know? She um, went to Phuket, right? She, yeah, she was here, and then she went to Phuket, and I don't remember where she trained in Phuket. I believe it was Rawai, Muay Thai. Okay. Um, but she really enjoyed it. Um, and I think she's kind of looking at how can I get back out there. Just <laughs> the same space that my friend Marina is in, who... Um, She's from Japan, and she she just came out here after she was here mm, almost three years ago, and then she went back home, and she's just come out again, and she's like trying her best to to set up to get things in place so that she can stay here. Yeah. Um. So I'm trying to help her with that. Um. Because she can she can work online, which is good. Yeah. Not everybody has that luxury. It's either that or you teach, <laughs> which is what I do. Um. So it's kind of hard to answer, like, how do you drop everything and come to Thailand? I think that for me, it was not a difficult decision. It was just a difficult process. Um, yeah. I think that we knew, I, you know, for me, it's the decision of both me and Kevin, which is kind of an, mm -hmm. an odd situation. Most people come here alone. Um, but I think that for both of us, it was this immediate, like, when we were leaving, we were like, we have to come back. We have to do everything to come back. And so it was basically there's the first trip to Thailand and then the filler space is how we came back <laughs> like, 
yeah. working and all these things to be able to come back. Um, and it's because of Mark's film that he that he sent me, I got to hear myself and what I was actually saying when we were moving back here, so I know what I was thinking, which is that the things that I had to give up in order to come here were of lesser urgency than my feeling of wanting to come back here. So mm -hmm. um, the difficult things were leaving my dog, because I'm one of those people, and um, leaving Master K, because he was someone who I saw all the time. I love very much, and now I don't get to see him anymore. But for me, because of my living situation, I didn't leave my family. They lived in a different state, so I didn't see them very often. Um, leaving my bartending job was, like, really not that hard. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, it's... I, I loved the area that Kevin and I were living in and, and things like that, but I wasn't able to do Muay Thai the way that I wanted to do Muay Thai. So, yeah. but like, how do you take this giant leap um, is I saw where I wanted to go, even though I didn't understand fully what it might be. Um, and then I just fucking dropped the grenade where I was and like <laughs> left for it. It's like, just go. Yeah, I mean... For me, it's just the hardest part is just buying the ticket, you know? And then once you've done that, everything else will just come together. Yeah, it becomes a countdown, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's hard for me to answer, like, how did you make the decision? Because it wasn't a difficult decision. I knew that I wanted to do it, and I just did it, yeah. you know? No, that's not very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. Yeah, I think that the difficulty is, is people have this uncertainty of, like, I know what my life is here. Um, I had this very short experience there, and I don't know how to put it all together. Um, yeah. When I get questions from people that are like, how do I, like, what's the best gym? <laughs> that irritate oh, me oh. so much. I'm, I'm totally out of touch with what it felt like when I was first coming to Thailand, and I didn't understand how anything worked. Like, yeah. they don't have web pages. Like, <laughs> how do you find a gym in a salon yeah. if that's where you want to go? They don't have web pages. So you're like how do I even find a gym? How do I find an apartment? And I'm like, dude, there are so many apartments. Just come here, and then you can find it. And, like, I know that. Yeah. But, like... Yeah, but it's really unhelpful, you know, for other people. Just, just come out here. It'll work. But it really is so easy to get yourself set up here. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, believe us when we say that. But we also yeah. need to appreciate that people don't know what they're, <laughs> don't know what they're heading into. But. Yeah. Most people aren't very comfortable with just hopping on a flight and... You know, just I am coming over here and not knowing what's in front of them, you know. Um, That's the difficulty I had when I was thinking about uh, this book that we're writing, actually, because I was trying to get back into that headspace of before I came here, and what did I want to know? Yeah. You know, so that, that was difficult for me, because yeah. I don't remember it. Yeah. 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 I just remember the book in the flight and coming out. Yeah, and we're like, just dive in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mostly it works, so, you know. Um... <laughs> All right, so I had a question from Dion, actually okay. two. Um, the first one is, what are your thoughts on Westerners taking American version of gaining crew status in America and then in return giving them the right to be called crew? So I will expand that to not just America because there are crews yeah. all over the place. Um, yeah. I think you should answer first because you are actually at a gym that when does this happens, crew yeah. certification. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, first of all, I will say, if you change your Facebook name to Crew, <laughs> well, just please don't do that. <laughs> don't be like Crew John on Facebook. But, um, 
Yeah, I mean, I see a lot of people come in and out and, and, and do this certification. Um, and while the, the stuff that these people learn on the course at, at my gym, because I can only speak for my gym, is really good um, and it's really useful, it is still only a week. Mm. Um, and, and Master Tori even says, like, this isn't, like, this doesn't make you a crew, it doesn't make you an instructor. You have to, I'm just giving you the tool so you can go and make it yourself. Mm. You know, I can only give you so much in a week and then you have to go and, and make it. And that's why most of them come back. Well, yeah, most of them come back every year and kind of do like a top-up thing where they come and train with us again, and mm. you know sometimes bring their fighters back. But um, I don't. Are people doing these certificates in the states too? They do. Um, there are there are some that are kind of like organized. Uh, actually, through Master Tati. So there's like a Master Cheetah, who I think who is, is friends. That? I don't know. He's he's in California, and I don't know if he's through Master Toddy's Vegas gym or if they just knew each other. But a lot of people on the East Coast are crew certified through Master Cheetah. Okay. Um, but I, I guess that my feeling about it um, is, again, I thought the exact same thing where I'm like, don't make it your Facebook name. Like, it's so yeah. <laughs> Or people who, like, put Ty in their Facebook name. Um, yeah. The... Uh, <laughs> The thing about it is that I sometimes do and sometimes don't call my trainer crew. Um, mm -hmm. Like, there are people who are introduced to me as crew dom, crew lec, whatever. I call Pinu Pinu 90% of the time. Every now and then I'll call him crew new. But yeah. crew just means teacher. It's the word for teacher. Um, yeah. So kids at school use crew and then their teacher's name because that's a polite thing to do. Um, yeah. But I get called not, all the time. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not like PhD or something. Yeah. My own brothers are PhDs, and one of them uses it in his name all the time for his profession, and the other one doesn't at all. Um, I'm kind of of the, like, mind that I would never use it at all. Um, but I can understand when you go to school and put all that work into it, wanting that accomplishment attached because yeah. of the honorifics that come with it. So... I guess I see it in the same way of um, because there isn't in the West a large understanding of what that certification or that status actually means. I mm -hmm. don't give it any kind of status. I just yeah. see it as like a title and the people who are really like determined to use it I think tend to be the ones who misunderstand it the most that's not universal I'm not accusing people who are calling themselves crew of being like nobodies but I'm just saying that like when you put a lot of weight into something that isn't largely understood you get a lot of misunderstanding um, and so um, I guess it's, it's one of these things that in Thai in Thai language you use ka or crop at the end of sentences in order to be polite you're not being rude by not adding those. You can speak politely without using them. So I think without using the name, you can be really a good teacher or a teacher or whatever the thing is. And when using the name, you can't say fuck you, ka, and expect that to be a polite yeah. <laughs> like, right. You can't just add crew and become like, you know, a, a teacher. It's it's like what Tati said, where like you have to be a teacher. We just gave you a like certification paper, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I've seen people come through who have been amazing, and I've seen people come through and been like, Jesus Christ, 
<laughs> are you going to teach people? And I will say a lot of these, a lot of these people are just doing it for themselves. Mm -hmm. um, they actually, a lot of them don't go on to, to teach anyone. Yeah. Uh, they just do it for themselves. Um, uh, at our gym, they do like two, two or three levels of it. I think the, the first one is just like a trainer course if you have like zero experience mm -hmm. in teaching, and then at uh, the actual crew course, you need to have either taught before or you need to have done another certification before or something like that but um yeah you get some people who come through and you're like oh my goodness this is terrible <laughs> um, but also I mean the thing about that is you know you get these people who come come for this certification they pay for the course they've flown all the way out to Thailand they've done it how are you gonna tell them at the end no you don't get it right. you know <laughs> like, that's that's not a thing that happens it's like when you go on like a personal trainer course and you, there are people on there who have absolutely no business being personal trainers. Mm. They won't be personal trainers. You know what I mean? Or they'll go into it and they'll they'll be they'll, they'll swiftly stop doing it. Right. You know. And it's the it's the same with this. You know, yeah. this kind of thing yeah. happens in every profession. I feel like. Mm. Uh, but just with Muay Thai, um, it's kind of a touchy subject. Yeah. <laughs> Especially Kevin Ross. He has some very strong feelings about that. On his <laughs> Existed. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so he had a second question, Theon. Um, has Thailand in general become saturated with Westerners going to Thailand to train with the rise of Tiger Muay Thai, and has that affected the cost of training as a whole? Um, that's interesting to single out Tiger Muay Thai. Um, yeah, I've never been to Tiger Muay Thai. Um, I guess it's. I've actually been to Phuket. I guess. <laughs> I guess it's like how in America especially, people are like, Bukau is the greatest Muay Thai fighter ever, and I'm like, name another one. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh. yeah. <laughs> I think that people know Tiger, uh, because it's very, um, very well known in the West. It is very commercial, especially in the way they present themselves with these, like, yeah. camps and stuff. Like, they actually are geared towards kind of a um, bro audience a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, they do a very good job with their marketing and everything. Yeah. The reason why they're so big. Yeah, I mean, they have yeah. their own, you know, their own shop and, and all of these things. So, um, I don't know that that affects the pricing of training in, in general gyms in Thailand. I think that in gyms that don't know what they're doing and they're starting up and they just look to someone else to, like, see what they're doing, that would affect that. Um, but by and large, gyms either know how to market towards Westerners or they don't. Um, mm -hmm. And there's not a lot of like in between. So when I was at Omikun and they would get a Westerner, they had no concept at all of what to do. So, um, you know, uh, when I would ask like, you know, someone wants to come train here, what's the pricing? And uh, someone would tell me, I was like, <laughs> you're not used to Westerners. <laughs> you're not used to Westerners coming here. Like that's not, that is not what your gym can, can do. Um, so I would I would say that not pointing fingers at particular gyms, but just the uh, growing commercialization and um, Muay Thai as part of tourism is definitely affecting aspects of Muay Thai for me more so in the shows that I'm watching, yes. like yes. Max and Thai Fight and things like that. It's like mind blowing. Um, yeah. But at gyms, I don't know that it's that different. For me, it's more exciting that this like rise of the middle-class fitness gym is like very in at the moment 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's lots of those around right now. Um, um, I think Two's gym is actually kind of half one of those gyms mm. too, um, where they they get a lot of, I guess you would call them like high so ties coming in for private lessons, like and weight loss classes and stuff, which is cool. Um, but there's there's a lot more of that than there used to be. Mm. These really modern gyms where, um, I guess girls feel like they can they can come in. They're not intimidated to do it, which is great because that's that's the thing that stopped me when I first wanted to do Muay Thai. Yeah. It's quite interesting to see. I know, I think that Muay Thai Angels really wanted to, that was one of their things, wasn't it? Or like Sutsuai Muay Thai, they wanted to market more towards women and mm. uh, Max Max Muay Thai is really interesting <laughs> um, in what they're doing. They're, they're clearly marketing themselves towards foreigners. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the new year, they've started this, they've kind of revamped their show a little bit and started offering bonuses and super bonuses um, to fighters who are aggressive even if nothing that you throw actually lands. Um, (laughs) So basically if you want to get a bonus or even a super bonus you have to throw lots of spinning back elbows and flying knees um, (laughs) and be really aggressive in the last round. Even and they said in, in in the rules, which I will I will post later today actually, um, in in the rules that they give you when you fight there, um, if in the last round you are aggressive and you move forward, you will win that round, mm-hmm. um, no matter what. Yeah. So they said if if you fight backwards in the last round, you'll lose. So I that's like interesting. They, I feel like they apply that uh, non universally in in the fights that I've watched um, on Saturday is a Thai versus Thai night, and then Sunday is the Thai versus Farong night. Um, and when I watch the Saturday's show, they still offer the bonuses and super bonuses, but I don't see nearly as much of the kind of, like, what the hell is going on fighting, um, which, you know, that that also comes from, from having fighters from outside of Thailand who uh, maybe have not fought in Thailand very much, so they don't fight the same way or follow the same rules or any of those things. So you can kind of, you can get these like head scratchers prior to that change in rules. <laughs> um, but the, the like, we just want this to be an action-packed, non-stop thing um, is like uh, jarring, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's kind of weird to watch it. It's very clear what they're trying to do. <laughs> Some of the fights are just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say it. They are. <laughs> it's interesting, though, uh, to, you know, try to adjust your style for different scenarios, I guess, is, is the way to say it. Like, people come to Thailand and don't know Thai scoring and think they've been robbed here. Um, oh, it's yeah. like It's like, learn the rules, right? And then Thai yeah. people will go outside of Thailand and fight like a Thai and lose and be like, what the fuck? It's called why? Muay Thai. Like, why are you not, why are you not scoring it the way we score it? And it's like you're not in Thailand anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Petchi Ja just had her first fight abroad. Yes. She went to Japan and she fought a girl much bigger than herself. Um, and it went all five rounds and she lost on points. And they showed the scores. And one judge had a draw. One had it going way towards the Japanese girl, and one had it going like close towards the Japanese girl. So I didn't see the fight. I I don't know really how it all played out um, but in the photos um, Jija is kicking a lot and 
the Japanese girl seems to be punching and elbowing a lot. Right. In Thailand, punches and elbows, unless they're really affecting you, are not going to be a great score. Um, and you can totally see in a situation where she's like kicking, 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 thinking I'm landing all of the big scores, and then like visually she's just getting bombarded by somebody. And I'm not yeah. saying like that that scoring is wrong. Like you know, you're you're in a different country, you you follow that scoring. Um, but I'm curious to see how that actually played out because Japanese fighters fight very differently from the way Thais do. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. I hope there's videos of that. But I can imagine it was a case where she got to the end of it and then the Japanese girl's hand was raised and she was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. I've watched, because I really, really like Rena, um, I've watched a lot of Japanese shoot boxing. Um, not a lot. I've, I've watched a good share of Japanese shoot boxing and I like it and I have no clue what's going on. Like, they'll just start choking each other, and I'm like, I've never seen that before, or there'll be a show yeah. or whatever, and I'm watching these, uh, they bring over these Thai fighters who are actually really good fighters in Thailand, and they have no idea what's going on in... Yeah, Zaza fought in shoeboxing, didn't she? Yeah, when she... How many times, but there was one video where she got choked out. Yeah, and she got, like, liver kicked or kidney punched or something by Rena, and it was just, like, unbelievable, but there's this, like... They break the clinch really fast, and so the Thai girls are like, why are you not letting me clinch? And then they'll, like, put them in a chokehold, and you're like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah I don't understand. <laughs> I do not understand. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which I'm sure, you know, I don't remember, but um, when you come to Thailand and you think someone is running away from you, and then they win the fight, and you're like, what the fuck just happened? Like, that yeah. just ran away from me. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So learn the rules wherever you are, I guess. Yeah. Well, some of them don't even tell you. Um, <laughs> like, two went to fight one of his fights in China, um, and there was... I think they told him, you can clinch as long as you're kneeing. Right. Um, and then they kept breaking it up, and apparently there was, a, there was another fight on that card where the, the non-Chinese guy, I don't know where he was from, was winning with knees, like, real bad. And uh, they kept stopping him and I think eventually he got is it like a yellow card or a red card which means like I don't know is this football or what but um he I think he lost half of his purse for it wow yeah um I mean it I think it was because basically he was winning yeah but <laughs> yeah so even if you try to learn the rules yeah sometimes it doesn't work I actually tried to figure out after you showed me the rules that two had gotten for his for his max show I tried yeah. to figure out whether they give those rules in Thai to Thai people because I'm like, yeah. wouldn't that be crafty to like tell the Farang go crazy? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Oh so I tried to figure it out with Pinu, but he had no idea what I was talking about. So either they get a set of rules like verbally and they don't get the like written out one, um, mm -hmm. or they they don't get told the same things, or he just doesn't pay attention. I don't know, but um, I'm curious. I tried to ask Abigail at Sitmon Chai if they get the same rules in Thai. Um, and she said she wasn't sure, so... <laughs> I'll, ask I'll ask two to find out for me, seeing as uh, his gym has a pretty good connection with Max Muay Thai, and one of their fires uh, fights on there a lot, so I'll see yeah. if I can find out. That would be interesting. Yeah. I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <interesting>. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a shame that they don't let women on Max. I don't yeah. think that's going to happen anytime soon. It's. I think it'll happen eventually, um, but right now with what they seem to be gearing towards for their... Yeah, for their when I saw the rules and everything, I was like, ah, oh, this is why you think female fights aren't exciting. 
I see. I see what you're going for. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but hopefully more Thai angels will be back this year. Yeah. Kunlun Fight is did a Bangkok event. I don't know if this is going to be a, a recurring thing. They work through uh, Bokao mostly, don't they? Do they? <laughs> I know that they did. I don't know if they still do. Okay. Because he's doing yeah. Banchamek, so I don't know if he would do, like... Yeah, and then there's this other new promotion called Super, Super Muay Thai? Yes! Yeah. Um, uh, I think it's the same thing. I think it's, I think it's also Bukau's show. Mm. Um, and I, I know that they've had two female fights that I know of so far, because one of them was Yod Ying's student, wasn't it? Oh, um, maybe. Jing yeah. had a girl that fought on there. Uh, they, they were two real, real small little, little young girls. And then last, on Sunday, Doc My Bar fought on there. I don't know who her opponent was, but she won. Mm. So maybe they're going to start having more female fights. Nice. Nice. The ratio yeah. is a little odd always. It's like 12 male fights and one female fight, but... Yeah. 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 And then I've, I've been invited to fight on this show in, on April 4th at Sanam Luang. I don't know what it is. The last two shows that I've, I've been invited to with this promoter were both like all female shows. Yeah. So I don't know if this one is going to be the same. The last two made sense because it was for the Queen's birthday and the King's birthday. I have no idea what's going on in April. Mm. Um, we're all a bit confused by that, but <laughs> that might be a thing. Um, because the the promoter was he's the same pro promoter from MBK, and he was the one who wanted uh, Kate to rematch her opponent from there on that show. Oh. So maybe that's going to be another big women's fight. So I'm going to try and get more information about that. Well, tell him to fly Kate back out from the U.S. for that. That's you know, I'm sure That'd be nice. You can come back, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that could be another big show. I was like, oh, is it Moita Angels? But no, I don't think it is. She um, had to keep us waiting. All right. Well, that is the time for our first attempt at a podcast. Awesome. Okay. So we'll we'll put this together and see how it goes. And uh, yeah, <laughs> good times, Emma. I love. Yeah, and we kept it together really good. <laughs> Yeah, you did say fuck twice, though. No, that part's okay. <laughs> I'm just afraid that we're going to be like, oh my god, how many new serial killer books do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that too. That could be yeah. a separate thing. We'll take that to Facebook. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, talk to you soon, Emma. All right, see ya. Right, bye, everyone. ครับวางวางข้างอีกแล้วฟันสอบเอาครับพยายามโต้สอบเหมือนกันฟันดุมพลหวงได้ชัดหมดแล้วครับตั้งแต่สอง